right, I continued reading of Who is My Neighbor by Thomas Ackward and Daryl Dow, starting on page 63, Greco-Roman Aesthetics. Botticelli's famous painting of the birth of Venus cast high ideals of human beauty during the European Renaissance. But is this an accurate depiction of the ancient Mediterranean world? Not a few voices in our present day claim that Western civilization is no such thing. Rather, it is a confluence of many non-Westerners, non-Europeans, and most importantly for those detractors, non-whites. Any standard textbook of the Middle Ages now portrays an ancient to medieval time period as a global network of proto-multiculturalism. Modern film retells both the medieval and the ancient worlds as one of cosmopolitan diversity. But is this accurate? Is there a substantial Western continuity of people, place, language, religion, invention, architecture, song, and even aesthetics? This section was included to answer the last of these markers. <coughs> Homer. The Odyssey by Homer, circa 850 BC, written about a time in 1200 BC. Here, Homer describes how Athena made Penelope the wife of Odysseus even more beautiful than she was normally. Meanwhile, the goddess bright-eyed Athena <coughs> had another idea. She shed, she shed sweet sleep over Penelope so that she learned Penelope. Sorry, so that she leaned back, her limbs relaxed, and fell asleep on her couch. Then the lovely goddess endowed her with the immortal gifts so that Athena would wonder at her. First, she cleansed her lovely face with beauty itself and boils with beauty such as Cisphysteria of the lovely crown anoints herself with when she joined with the graces in their sweet dance. She made her taller and statelier too, and whiter of skin than the new-cut ivory, and the lovely goddess left the white-armed maid come, came from the hall chattering together. As she spoke, Athena touched him with her wand and covered him with wrinkles, took away all his yellow hair and withered the flesh over his whole body. She bleared his eyes, which were naturally very fine ones. She changed his clothes and threw an old rag of a wrap about him and a tunic tattered, filthy, and begrimed with smoke. She also gave him an undressed deerskin as an outer garment and furnished him with a staff and wallet, all in holes with a twisted thong for him to sling it over his shoulder. Iliad 5.311 And now, would the king of men, Aeneas, have perished had not the daughter of Zeus, Aphrodite, been, give, been quick to mark even his mother that conceived him to Anchises as he tended his kin? About her dear son she flung her white arms, and before him she spread a fold of her bright garment to be a shelter against missiles lest any of the Danians with swift horses might hurl a spear of bronze into his breast and take away his life. Life. Homer, Iliad, 5.280. Even as when the lord of fair-haired, light brown and blonde, hair lightened what time he maketh ready. Iliad. When fair-haired Demeter, amid the driving blast of wind, separates the grain from the chaff. Iliad. Let her gather the older women on the Acropolis, a bright-eyed blue Athena's shrine, unlock the doors of a sacred temple and lay on the knee of golden-haired Athena, Iliad. Theneo took the robe, laid it on the golden-haired Athena's knees, Iliad. Vow to golden-haired Athena that you will sacrifice at her shrine, Iliad. 
On this, Athena came close to him and said, Son of Arcesius, pray to the blue-eyed damsel and to the Zeus, your father, Odyssey. And Hermione, who was fair as blonde Aphrodite herself, Odysseus. Ambrosial loveliness that Aphrodite wears when she goes dancing with the graces, while as for her complexion, it is wedded in sawn ivory, Odysseus. Odyssey. Our people who saw it when they carried fair-haired Radimentheus to visit Titius, Odyssey. There yellow-haired Radimentheus, son of Zeus, reigns, Odyssey. Men say that you, Achilles, are son to noble Peleus, grandson of Zeus, and that your mother is Thetis, fair-haired daughter of the sea, Iliad. Athena came down from heaven. She stood behind him, Achilles, and held him back by his long yellow hair. No other man saw her but Achilles alone, Iliad. Achilles then bethought him of another matter. He went and cut off the yellow locks which he had let it had let grow, Iliad. We laid you, Achilles, on your bed and cleansed your fair skin with warm water and with ointment, Iliad. <coughs> and among them uprose Alexander, lord of the fair-haired Helen. Goodly Alexander, lord of the fair-haired Helen, had smitten him with an arrow. Was it not for fair-haired Helen's sake, Iliad? Exit to him, yellow-haired Menelaus, son of Atreus, grandson of Zeus, and even so Helen dishonored the couch of golden-haired Menelaus, for he knew in his heart that golden-haired Menelaus would win since he was greatest of the Achaeans, Iliad. For he lay in idleness among the ships in wrath because of the fair-haired girl, Briseis, Iliad. This I heard from fair-haired Calypso, and that she said that she herself had heard it from the messenger Hermes, Odyssey. King Priamian speaks. Now I see all the bright-eyed Achaeans whom I know well. King Priamian speaks. But those forces are fewer than those bright-eyed Achaeans. Iliad. Solomon. I am very dark but lovely, O daughter of Jerusalem, like the tents of Kedah, like the curtains of Solomon. Do not gaze at me because I am dark, because the sun has looked upon me. My mother's sons were angry with me. They made me keeper of the vineyards, but my own vineyard I have not kept. Song of Songs, dark but lovely. <coughs> Alcman. The 7th century B.C. Spartans, poet Alman describes his cousin, Hegiscora, as a happy girl of golden curls. Fragment 13. Point fifty-four through fifty-five. Aye, she sings like a very swan beside the yellow streams of Xanthus, and she that cometh next to the king, next to the knot of yellow hair. Fragment one, Lyra Graca, one, Alcman fragments. To whom hath both shown the gifts of the sweet muses at the hands of one that is bright, happy among maidens, to wit the flaxen-haired Megalostrata. Fragment 130, Lyra, Graco, 1, Alcman, Fragments. Hesiod. But golden-haired Demeter sat there apart from all the blessed gods and stayed wasting with yearning for her deep-bosomed daughter, him to Demeter. So, said the bright-eyed goddess, and swiftly got up on, into the car with victory, shields of her Hercules. Hercules, think. And the blue-eyed Athena went thence to great Olympus, the Homeric hymns. And the golden-haired Dionys made brown-haired Irene, the daughter of Venus, his buxom wife, the Homeric hymns. I will sing of a stately Aphrodite, gold-crowned and beautiful, 
whose dominion in the walled cities of the well-set Cyprus. There the most breath of the western wind wafted over the waves the loud moaning sea and soft foam, and there the gold-filled hours welcomed her joyously. They clothed her with heavenly garments on her head, and they put a fine, well-wrought crown of gold, and in her pierced ears they hung ornaments of oracle and precious gold, and adorned her with golden necklaces over her soft neck and snow-white breasts. Jewels with the gold fillet hours wear themselves when they go to their father's house to join the lovely dances of the gods. And when they had fully decked her, they brought her to the gods and welcomed her when they saw her, giving her their hands. Each one of them prayed that she might lead her home to be his wedded wife. So great were they amazed at the beauty of the violet-crowned Cytheria, handsets to Aphrodite. And again she bore a third in the evil-minded Hydra of Lerna, whom the goddess white-armed Hera nourished in anger beyond measure with the mighty Hercules, or Heracles, I'm not sure, and I apologize. Also, he came to the bed of all-nourishing Demeter, and she bare white-armed Persephone, whom Adonis carried off from her mother, but wise Zeus gave to her to him, Theogony. And we will stop there. That is on page 68, where we are ending tonight.